Hello and welcome to Saints Live, the final whistle. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali. And Saints are through to the FA Cup quarterfinals after a 3-1 win here at home at St Mary's against West Ham. Now here to discuss all the match action is the return of Dean Hammond and Paul Belverston. There's loads to get through, chaps, so we'll jump straight into it. Dean, I bet you're a bit gutted you had to watch tonight from home. <laughs> <laughs> I am, Steve, because you know, the atmosphere sounded brilliant on the TV. Um, I'm, I'm sure the place was rocking during the game and especially afterwards. But no, look, a brilliant cup tie, a fantastic result. Um, and credit to, to Ralph, you know, it looks like a masterstroke now, like the decision he's made in terms of rotating the squad and, and players that came in, give them an opportunity. And credit to the players that came in, put a really, really good performance in. Um, some really good individual performances. Um, I thought Valerie was excellent. Jack Stevens was very, very good. Perro, brilliant. You know, a fantastic goal. And just a great cup tie against a really good West Ham team that looked like they wanted to, to win the game. And, uh, I think the most impressive thing was the defensive display. I think the team looked really, really organised. And, and that's there's a lot of credit that needs to go to the players for that because, you know, nine changes to the team to come in and, and be as fluent as that, be as organised as that, uh, have that understanding within the team. Um, it looked pretty natural. So, you know, that was brilliant. But no, I fully deserved in the end, you know, a 3-1 victory. Uh, Brozier's come on again and, and made an impact and, um, his reputation keeps on growing. Fantastic player. So, look, a great result into the quarterfinals of the competition. Um, I'm sure everyone's excited. The dressing room will be buzzing now and they can take that confidence and, and that magical uh, momentum um, back into the league now with, with a fresh team and a fresh squad. And, you know, competition for places is really, really high. So, you know, exciting times for Southampton and, and looking forward to the, to the game at the weekend now. Yeah, exciting times indeed. And, Paul, we were maybe slightly concerned at nine changes prior to the game to the side, and it kind of looks like a, a genius bit of a bit of tactical masterpiece from from Ralph there. And, and speaking of genius, you also got the score prediction right. Well, I'm surprised you're surprised by that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Concern? We said we trust Ralph. In Ralph, we trust. He knows what he's doing. He's an absolute genius, isn't he? I think there are an awful lot of Saints fans who need to be sitting themselves down in the morning and writing out, in Ralph, we trust, a hundred times and then posting it into St Mary's because there was a lot of concern. There was an awful lot of doubt on social media about why he changed the team so dramatically, coming up against such a strong West Ham side that has been performing so very well and had named a pretty much stable 11, just the two changes for them. Wow, what a performance. There was a, a little wobble, wasn't there, in the first half when uh, they gave the ball away a couple of times. But ultimately, I thought they um, they performed heroically again, just, you know, never in huge amounts of trouble. And to score three goals at home again, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. Andre Mariner checks we're ready to go. Half past seven at St Mary's on a Wednesday night. And Bowen's in behind and Stevens won't get there. Bowen just beaten to it. He got there, Bowen came off his chest. Walker-Peters turns away from the attentions of Bowen. Squares it across the West Ham half to Perro. This time he's going to hit it! Oh my goodness me! Last time he played, he smashed the crossbar. 
This time, he has smashed a beauty from outside the box on the angle. Armstrong showed good feet. West Ham have to clear their lines. Poor clearance. Ward Prowse will look up and he puts it wide by a yard. Left-footed, takes the corner. Under the crossbar again. Caballero lets it bounce down. And it's gone in and there's no flag. And West Ham have equalised. And what was Willie Caballero doing? Brozier's done well to get inside Dawson. This is a massive chance. And Dawson got back and he made a very good challenge. Brozier thinks he was tugged back. Waiting to see what Andre Morner thinks. He's had a look. He's showing the screen. Here he comes. Right-footed. That's why. Forward ball to Redmond's going to come up the goal. Left. Redmond's going to hit it. Oh, and Ariola tips it behind for a corner. Good work from Adam Armstrong. Held off Dawson. Gets it to Brozier in the box. He's going to finish it. Oh, he has finished it. Armando Brozier sends Southampton into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. We're getting somewhat used to seeing pretty cracking goals here at St Mary's. I mean, Armstrong in the last round, Romeo on Friday and Perro tonight. I mean, Dean, wow. Wow was the right word. And, you know, you'd have an argument to say that is the best, the best of all three. It's a fantastic strike. It really, really is. And it comes from a brilliant bit of possession from Southampton, actually. They kept the ball for a long, long period of time. Uh, was moving it around the uh, the pitch, lots of movement, composed in possession, and I'm going to be honest here, Kenzie. As the ball comes to Perro, I'm I'm probably shouting at the screen not to shoot because he lines it up and he sees it early. You can see what he's thinking. I mean, but what a wonderful strike and the movement on the ball just shows the power that he got it got into it. Um, just moves in the air, goes away from the keeper, and kind of. It's not a flat strike. It kind of dips at the end and kind of goes into the top corner. But fantastic goal. And, it, you know, his reaction is a bit like he's not surprised. Like, yeah, I do that every day in training. It's just a <laughs> thing. And uh, it was a brilliant strike. And it, it lifted the game. And at that point, you'd probably say Southampton deserved it. I thought they were coming into the game. They looked pretty strong in that moment. Um, but it's a, it's a wonderful strike. And, and credit to Perro because he would have been disappointed, you know, to lose his position in in the so-called league team or the first team, you would say. Um, but, but you know, due to the form of Cole Peters and Liveramento, it's been difficult for him, but he's come back into the team. He scored a wonderful goal. I think he got man of the match as well um, and put in a very, very good performance. Nice and solid, looked really fit and looks happy with it, with his football. So, yeah, brilliant goal. But, uh, yeah, I'd have to probably own up. I was shouting, <laughs> don't shoot. Please don't shoot. <laughs> Who am I to judge? I didn't score many goals in my career. Goals <laughs> <laughs> like that. So, uh, yeah, my opinion probably doesn't count. Well, we were certainly glad he did shoot, weren't we? we weren't uh, Paul, we've spoken a lot on, on the show and on previous shows about who Ralph should pick at fullback, whether it be Walker Peters or Liveramento or, or Perro. Does tonight change the pecking order at all or at least give the boss something to, to think about? I don't know how you can put a pecking order together, to be honest. Who's better than anyone else at the moment? How do you pick two out of those three? With Carl Walker-Peters able to play in both positions, I think it's a lovely headache for Ralph Hasenhutl to have. I've said before on here that Perro didn't impress me greatly at the very start of the season. It was way too early to jump to that sort of conclusion when he was adjusting to a, a new country and a new uh, club, new style of football, everything about that. He has really kicked on in the last few weeks. His performances against City and Spurs hugely impressed me. He was unlucky, got COVID, didn't he, that uh, ruled him out of the Everton game. And they're just, they're clearly pushing each other on because 
they all know that if one of them drops just a, a fraction of a, a percent, there's someone else to, to jump in there and, and isn't going to give up the shirt very easily. That's, in a way, an, an easy area for, for Ralph Arsenal to rotate because he knows that the consistency will be there. In other areas tonight, he he clearly didn't have any doubts. He put in a lot of players that others wouldn't have had in the squad, perhaps even, um, certainly not in the starting eleven. But those three, I you pick any other Premier League team, who's got three fullbacks who are so good, so consistent, and uh, I, I can't think of too many teams that can match Southampton for strength in that area right now. And for potential as well, because none of them's old. They're all all got huge long careers ahead of them. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? A lovely problem for Ralph to have. Um, well, let's get stuck into some, some of the comments, shall we? Because as you can imagine, I've got plenty coming <laughs> in to me on the iPad here. So let's have a look at what you're saying at home. Uh, Richard Bryan, hello to you. He says, great game, chuffed uh, as a wee. Jill Clark, good evening. Uh, so people thought Ralph was wrong in picking that team. It just goes to prove dangerous to ever doubt him. Yes, indeed, Jill. Uh, Andrew, hello. He, he says, such a professional performance. Big credit to the system at the group and the manager. Very proud to be in the next round with this team uh, Anthony hello he says great team effort small bone fitted in perfect and Louisa Ellis McSwan has also left us a comment she says what a goal by Perro quarterfinals here we come oh that feels so good to say um, Dean let's pick apart the first half then shall we how did Saints do for you in the first 45 and also what did you make of that double change at half time I think Southampton grew into the game in the first half um, it took them probably 10-15 minutes to to probably settle, uh, if I'm totally honest. And West Ham probably started the, the better of the, the two teams. Um, and that would be expected. You know, they're, they're playing their, their full-strength team. They're playing uh, together week in and week out. Um, but like I say, Southampton grew into into that first half. A half opportunity for, for Adam Armstrong as the ball comes across and kind of snatches it. Then another opportunity where he kind of goes through one-on-one. And I think uh, an inform and regularly playing Adam Armstrong takes that shot on and doesn't even look to to pass the ball to to a small bone um, but he's a little bit unselfish in that moment but I'd like to see him to take the strike on um, and obviously the goal from from Perro changed everything and then Southampton settled I think so they were the better team in in the first half um, but I think it was a, a sensible decision at, at half time to to make the substitutions in the FA Cup you can make five uh, and obviously we saw the strength of and the substitutes and the impact they could have. I think Shane Long was probably an enforced decision. He looked like he picked up a, a bit of a knock in, in, in the first half and Brozier coming on um, obviously had the impact he did. Um, and Stuart Armstrong coming on for Gineppo, I think was a, a good decision. Decision. I think Gineppo just a, look, a little bit short of match fitness, if I'm totally honest, and didn't settle. Probably was trying too hard, if I'm honest, to make a, an impression, which you do sometimes as a player. You're so eager to get that starting chance, so eager to make an impression, to do something special, to to make the manager notice. It can kind of have a negative effect sometimes. But, you know, it wasn't for the want of trying. Um, just the quality wasn't necessarily there. And, and Stuart Armstrong came on and, and played well. But, you know, again, it was clever from the, from the manager, intelligent um, from the manager and the, and the substitutes made a difference going into the second half and, and Southampton worthy winners in the end in a, in a brilliant cup tie. West Ham did get an equaliser in the 60th minute, Paul. 
slightly calamitous keeping, you could say, if you're being harsh. Uh, was it the manner of that goal that was maybe a bit disappointing? Yeah, it wasn't uh, Willy Caballero's finest moment. He's been a tremendous signing, hasn't he? A, a sort of a, a no-brainer in some ways, but you know, great experience. And he's pulled off some phenomenal saves. There was one right at the death in this game, wasn't there? And uh, just like he did in the commentary match. But there were signs before the goal that corners perhaps aren't his strong point. It's not easy when you've got a couple of giants stood on your toes on the on the goal line at a corner. He had Issa Diop, Mikel Antonio, Kurt Zuma. They were taking it in turns to 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 block him and and make life very difficult. Um no huge surprise was it when Mikel Antonio scored coming back to St Mary's after all this time is not you know he's he's done that a few times the uh Surely, I think the only member of the class of 2009-10 who actually achieved anything in his career, I think. Is that right, Dean? Um, oh, are you going to have that, Dean? <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> oh, he's taken that like a champ. Uh, well, it did look for a while that momentum had shifted in West Ham's favour, didn't it, Dean? And then, of course, a huge moment in the match was the penalty awarded to Southampton. What were your views on that? I wasn't sure, to be honest, Kenzie, you know, in in, in real, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) in live play. um, I wasn't sure, you know, I was expecting Brozier to take the shot on, if I'm honest. And I thought as though he delayed it a little bit too long, um, potentially waiting for the contact to try and win the penalty. Um, And like I say, in live play, I wasn't too sure whether Dawson had actually got a touch on the ball. Um, but with the replays, I think it's the right decision. If if you look at it, Dawson doesn't make he makes contact with Brozier before he makes contact with the ball. Um, so I think it's it's a free kick. Uh, sorry, a penalty. I think it's the right decision. Um, difficult for the referee to to see it because it happens so quick. I think it comes from good movement from Brozier, but actually poor defending from Dawson. He lets the ball bounce. He kind of gets his body in the wrong position in terms of defending. Can't quite sort his feet out quick enough. Um, but clever play from from Brozier. I'd like to have seen him take the shot on, but he was waiting for the contact. And good from VAR. You know, just looking at it, it didn't take too long, so the decision didn't drag out. Um, and then the referee get, going over to the monitor, taking that responsibility. But we know if the referee's going to the monitor, likely or not, he's going to change his decision. And he didn't. He looked at it for a, a couple of minutes, I'd say, probably from one or two angles. And I think he came up with the the right decision. And again, that changed the game. And as as soon as James Ward-Prowse steps up, you're confident that he's going to score because he's in great form. He likes that responsibility. um, And it's a really, really good penalty. So I think it's the right decision. But I can see why the referee in live play and real speed maybe didn't give the decision straight away. Now, Paul, Craig Dawson surely going to be sick of the sight of Armando Brozier. I mean, that's the, the second penalty he's given away against him this season. I think I know your answer to this because I saw your message in the group chat, but is that a penalty for you? Definite. No shadow of a doubt. First time you saw it, everyone realised. West Ham fans are absolutely fuming on social media. Of course they are. But it's one of those where I just think these days it doesn't seem to matter how much of the ball you get if there's a lot of contact. And for me, I understand the argument of, was he waiting for the contact? Why didn't he pull the trigger? His standing foot, when he goes to sort of plant his standing foot, I think there's contact there, which then puts him off and off balance and uh, trying trying to shoot. So, you know, he was he was coming from a pretty hopeless position, Craig Dawson, because Bro had got the, the better of him. 
And yeah, I I'm not surprised that the referee couldn't give it because of the way, you know, where he was positioned. But I was a little bit surprised that VAR took as long as they did, to be honest with you. I thought, yeah, there's there's too much contact there for it not to be. I, I think in some ways, if he had got a shot off and the and and the ball had dribbled wide because he hadn't been able to connect properly that might even have counted against him and they'd said no no you 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 got your shot away and it um you know you didn't make the most of it i think he is a very clever striker a very smart striker for 20 years old he's got so much potential so much talent and so many street smarts as well amanda Breuer. so i think uh i think yeah craig dawson didn't look too disappointed or surprised when the decision went against him either and i think that uh, that tells you an awful lot he is an incredible player, isn't he? And his goal sealed it tonight, Dean. What a fantastic run that was. Brilliant, Kenzie. You know, I mean, what more can you say about him? Paul's just said there, you know, for, for a player who's 20 years old, um, to be having the season he's having, to be having the impact he's having on Southampton, to to lead the line in the, in the hardest position in the team, to it's the hardest thing to do in football is to score goals. And he's making it look easy. He really is. And... He's a presence. He's bullying defenders. He looks so strong and so streetwise. Like Paul said, he, he's very, very clever. He really understands the, the game and how to use his body. And, and that's a skill in itself. It really is. But as soon as he gets that ball, what I like about him, he's so direct. And he's just got one thought in his mind. as like, how can I get a shot off here? How can I get myself in a position to be able to get a strike at goal or create something from for something or someone else? And I love the way that he's, he's selfish. You want strikers to be selfish when they get in those moments to to commit the defender, to take the responsibility of taking defenders on. And yes, sometimes he's going to give it away and sometimes he will get tackled. But on other times, he'll score a fantastic goal like he did tonight. You know, in that, in that position against Zuma, his balance is brilliant. He knows what he's going to do. He gets Zuma off balance and he's on balance and just gets it back onto his right foot. And then the finish is so composed, so composed, because he opens up the angle and he would get excited in that moment, thinking, right, I've got a chance of scoring here. But he just slides it into that far corner and you can just see the confidence is grown at him. And he's just so composed. You know, there's no surprise to him. He's like, of course, you know, I'll get myself in that position. I'll score a goal. So he's a real talent and he's been a, a huge bonus and plus for this Southampton team. And long might continue for the rest of the season because he's, he's playing fantastic football at the moment. Now, the draw for the quarterfinals is tomorrow night. Earlier, Chelsea made it through. They squeezed past Luton and currently Liverpool are beating Norwich 2-1. I suppose, Paul, they're two sides that Saints might want to avoid in the next round. But should they be fearing anyone? No, absolutely not. And you're, you're quite right that it would be better not to, to draw Liverpool, City, Chelsea in the quarterfinals. Um, but... And especially away, but saying that, Southampton have pretty positive memories of going to all three of those big grounds and and having pretty good successes uh, in the not too distant past, and and even um, this season going to the Etihad and coming away with a point. I mentioned the the trip to Stamford Bridge in the in the League Cup that uh, you know they needed penalties to beat Southampton that day. There are other teams though that. You know, if you were able to choose the draw, you would avoid those three, of course. But, you know, what a what a cracking opportunity now with with so many of the other big guns, Manchester United, Arsenal, Tottenham and so on, all out. There are 
there are some potential draws there that, that would have a lot of fans licking their lips. The, the big thing, the, the thing that would make Ralph Hasenhutl the happiest, I'm sure, is a home draw. Because right now, after so many seasons where even getting a draw at St Mary's seemed a real struggle, now it's turning into a fortress again. That is a stadium that opposition teams do not like coming to right now because they know they're up against an immensely well-drilled team with such enormous energy levels and threats all over the park and a variety of ways they can approach the game. No team is going to relish coming to St Mary's. With a place at Wembley in the semi-final on the line, I think uh, a home draw would suit Southampton down to the ground. And, you know, let's get this out again. Oh, so exciting, isn't it? I mean, the atmosphere really has been unbelievable. Yeah, get the cup out again. We want to lift the real thing. Um, let's take a look at what's been said on socials then. Uh, great to hear from the fans as always. Uh, Duncan Atkinson, thanks for getting in touch. He says, with five subs, his selection was a great tactic. Uh, Christine Crockford says, love my Saints. Oh, don't we all? Uh, Jack Latham, hello. I thought Valerie had a great game. Yeah, he did. Uh, James Mattock, Stevens and James Ward-Prowse were my men of the match. Um, uh, Stephen and Karen on Facebook say great team effort. Well done, Saints. David Wilson, hello, thanks for this. He says masterclass tactics and with the talent in the squad, really shining. Uh, Pete Butler, good evening. He says great team play did worry me by early selections, but masterclass substitutions. And let's end with this one because this is a nice one. Uh, Tom Skilling says <coughs> Dean is a legend. He is indeed a legend. <laughs> yeah, very fitting comment. That's there, Dean. <laughs> Belvers, of course, of course. I've got too many to read out for you, Belvers, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Yeah, very pleased. I think uh, in the end we deserved to win today. I think we showed uh, some good uh, parts in our game, beautiful goals we scored. And uh, yeah, in the second half we had more to give, I think, uh, with every... With every sub we made, uh, we, we were getting better and this was the plan today. Talk about beautiful goals. I mean, it seems to be quite a goal of the season competition going on at this club <laughs> at the moment. What, what a absolutely. strike from Roman that was. Yeah, absolutely. Unbelievable goal. I know, I know that he has a very good left foot, but this goal was really unbelievable. I mean, this was a, a sen sensational shot. And obviously to, to then concede the equaliser and have the response that, that you did, how much does that say about the team to come back from that and score another two uh, goals? We knew that the biggest strengths is our set pieces and today we haven't been the uh, biggest team, what means uh, physically, but but uh, yeah, we had tried to keep them away from our goal and we knew that we have always the chance to, to uh, play through the lines and to create chances and I think we did it in a good way. Uh, now, attention does turn back to the Premier League as Southampton travel to Aston Villa on Saturday. Uh, Dean, the legend, let's come to you here. What are your early thoughts ahead of that one? <laughs> well, it's nice being called a legend, but that's not uh, <laughs> uh, Looking forward to it, Steve. Um, big game for Southampton, like we say, with the, the choices and the decisions that the managers made tonight in terms of freshening up the squad, the players that will come back into the team uh, will be fresh. Uh, the former Southampton is brilliant at the moment. Uh, the performances are fantastic at the moment. And Aston Villa are under a little bit of pressure. You know, their last home game, lost to Watford, got booed off. Um, they had an excellent result of the weekend against Brighton. But there is some pressure at, at, at Villa Park for, for Aston Villa and Steven Gerrard at the moment. So they won't want to be playing Southampton. Southampton are in fantastic form. And if they take 
like Paul said, if they take that energy, um, that discipline, um, that organisation to Villa Park, they will cause Aston Villa all sorts of problems. So I'm looking forward to the game and it's a game that Southampton can really look forward to winning and really believe that they can win. Yeah, that's right, Paul. Southampton are in fantastic form and they want to keep that rolling on the road against Aston Villa at the weekend, aren't they? Absolutely. I was at the uh, the Brighton game against Villa at the weekend and uh, and Villa scored a couple of cracking goals, but they didn't have much of the ball. They didn't create much outside those those two fantastic strikes from Cash and Watkins. And, you know, they are in transition. Steven Gerrard's only been there a couple of months. They're, they're learning what he wants from them. And I, I think, you know, Southampton can go there and, and, and win again. I don't expect a performance like the one we saw at Wolves a few weeks ago. I expect one like at Spurs and uh, the second half against Manchester United and, uh, and, and games like that. It doesn't seem to matter to Southampton at the moment whether they're playing at home or away, who they're up against. They have so many options, so much confidence, so many threats. I um, I think it's a fantastic time to be a Southampton fan. And, um, you know, long long may Ralph stay in charge and long may this uh, lovely uh, feeling roll on. Oh, yes, indeed. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, well, Dean Bell, it was a pleasure to have you both on the show with us. As always, Bell, I think we should see the cup one more time before we say goodbye. There, there it is. is. <laughs> uh, thank you both. And we look forward to seeing you soon. And of course, huge thank you to all the fans for joining us on Saints Live and the final whistle as Southampton look to take this wonderful momentum into the weekend. As as we've mentioned, they travel to the Midlands to take on Aston Villa. That's a three o'clock kickoff. So we'll be live from 1.45. So join us then. Bye take for care. now.